Welcome to Eat, Drink, Innovate, the podcast about food startups, innovators and entrepreneurs who are making their mark in Australia's dynamic food and beverage industry. The future of food is happening here. Come join Susie White at the table to eat, drink and innovate. Aha! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 6 of Eat, Drink, Innovate. I'm Susie White. Today, I'm talking with Z Sear. She's one of the co-founders of Ocean Deep, a natural, eco-friendly skincare business that empowers community-driven conservation projects. Now, you might be thinking, why would a food podcast talk about a skincare startup story? Well, the lessons to be learned from Ocean Deep are really relevant to any food producer. Because in March 2015, Z and her co-founder, Andrea, started up a food business. They were selling high-quality extra virgin olive oils. However, when that business failed to ignite, their olive oil industry knowledge helped them uncover a new purpose and direction to start up a social enterprise called Ocean Deep. You'll hear today about how they found an opportunity to repurpose olive oil waste products and turn them into a contemporary, innovative and sustainable skincare range for eco-conscious consumers. And for any aspiring food entrepreneurs or startups, you'll learn about the advantages of pivoting and how to use this to identify new growth opportunities for your own business. Welcome to the podcast, Z. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, I'd love to start by telling us a little bit first about kind of what you do and a little bit about your business. Thanks, Susie. So my name is Z. I'm the co-founder of Ocean Deep. And Ocean Deep is an olive-inspired range of eco-friendly products um, that are safe for you and the environment. Oh, great. And what sort of products does Ocean Deep do? We've got um, four products in our range. A, a beauty serum, a dry antioxidant exfoliant, and two masks. So really, it's um, it's complementary to any skincare range that you currently have because these are additional. So you can add them on to your existing facial cleansers or you can use the masks as treatment. This is the point where some listeners are probably thinking, hang on, what podcast am I listening to? Isn't this the one about food? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, it is. And the reason we're talking today with Z about her side hustle is because her beauty care products really do come from a food-related origin, don't they? Yeah. Um, ingredients are upcycled from olive oil production. So we, we got into talking about how this is relevant because nowadays there's so much talk about sustainability and during food production there is so much waste that people don't realize and don't see and now it's becoming more prevalent you know there there's possibility to still use a lot of those active compounds and a lot of these living ingredients to turn them into effective skincare products so that's really how it all relates back to food I guess why did you originally start up this what was the sort of what was the the point that you thought I I'm going to I'm going to start my own business and and why did you decide on on this area with Ocean Deep? Well, I'll I'll take a step back because to get to Ocean Deep, we actually started a food business in extra virgin olive oil. So my partner who's originally from Italy and myself, I grew up in Spain. We've got 
um, Mediterranean roots. So for us, extra virgin olive oil is sort of a, a real staple. We use it in everything. It's in our daily lives. And, um, you know, in Australia, it's, it's something that hasn't had a, a really big market share. There's a lot of misunderstanding of, you know, what refined olive oil is and what extra virgin olive oil is, what the differences are, what the benefits are. So our goal was really to, to, you know, get in touch with a lot of extra virgin olive oil producers, get beautiful products sent to us. And we wanted to create this website where people could just log in and get all your uh, gourmet olive oils from one place and get them delivered to you. It's all sounding pretty good so far. Why are we not talking today about your online olive oil shop? With olive oil, it doesn't have, it's not like wine, so you can't store it. It's got um, an expiry, you know, usually of 12 months. And we just had all of this olive oil in our small apartment. We were just like running out of space, didn't know where to store it. And you know what? We did not have the customer demand. Um, we wanted to share our passion, but the, the consumers didn't know about olive oil or where to find it. And it reality sunk in. Um, and really, uh, you know, with, with a really heavy heart, I just had to close that business down because we, we couldn't consume that much olive oil by ourselves. Oh my gosh, you have an apartment full of olive oil. What do you do next? So uh, in the same regard, though, we started selling some skincare with olive oil and that was going really, really well through the website. So... I just had little light bulbs here and there. Obviously, through this whole journey, we were visiting a lot of these olive oil suppliers. And that's where we saw a lot of the behind the scenes, olive oil production, how much waste there was going into a landfill. And I'll just give a bit of context. Basically, once the olives get pressed, um, there's a lot of things that don't make it into that olive oil. So the pips, the olive flesh, um, the pruned olive leaves, um, all of that gets discarded. And basically, the pH level of that is too acidic, so it cannot be used as fertilizer. And because it's such a small market in Australia, they haven't invested in the technology yet to turn that waste into efficient energy or um, upcycled in, into you know efficient products. So I just started to think, wait a second, is there a way that we can use all of this? And, you know, they've, they've just got so many amazing benefits. There, there must be a way we can turn this into something. And because the skincare was selling so well on the website, I started to think, maybe, maybe we can make some skincare out of, you know, this, this pulp or something. So we started experimenting. And that's really over six months how those four products came about. So you tried this gourmet olive oil business and you just couldn't get the consumer demand. You just couldn't literally sell it. But what a great opportunity. You, you learned so much about the process of developing it. When you say you sold skincare with olive oil, was that, where did you get those products from and, and why did you, why were they even there at the same time? Yeah, sure. So um, we were working with a lot of olive producers that were uh, introducing us to other people in the olive industry. And one of them was Oli and Olive. They have beautiful products um, made from uh, extra virgin olive oil. 
And um, they were mixing these with, you know, um, emulsifiers or, or stabilizers or sheer creams and, and things like that to make beautiful moisturizers. So we just thought it was a complementary product. You know, we loved extra virgin olive oil as a whole. So we were thinking, why not sell the, the gourmet uh, food stuff and then also the, the beauty stuff? Although, Z, it sounds like just selling someone else's beauty product soon didn't become enough. When did that desire switch from being a seller to being maybe a product maker yourself? I think at the end of the day, it was so great to be able to support these other businesses. But there is that sort of self, uh, you know, curiosity and, and wonder of what if I could create my own products that um, essentially removed a lot of these essential um, oils that I personally was allergic to and just make something that was so simple and just really represented the olive tree and um, just had, you know, one to three ingredients. What if we could create products that were like that and brand them, you know, with our own modern labeling? If you've ever gone to, you know, any sort of beauty shop and seen that current olive skin range, it's all outdated you know it's all got like photos of like an olive or an olive leaf and it's all green and we just wanted to create something that was a bit more modern so let's talk about making this jump from food into beauty care did you know how to make these products no (laughs) no so that was that was the scariest bit and i think that's why there was that that sort of big gap till we launched Ocean Deep. So Ocean Deep, we launched later in 2016, but we had started that idea in early 2016. So like with all startups, I pretty much rounded on my friends, my family, any sort of colleagues that were willing to test other products. And I was just making lots of sort of small batches and weighing out different ingredients, seeing what would work. But I knew that, I knew that there was almost no risk because what I was making was a dry product. So um, when the, the first product that Ocean Deep um, made was the dry antioxidant exfoliant. So the, the ingredients of um, the exfoliant um, mainly compose of the, the olive stone or the olive pit, whatever you might like to call that that's micro ground into these sort of fine particles. So um, it makes, it's almost like a fine sand when you touch it. So as you can imagine, if you're mixing that with water or your uh, cleanser, it creates a really beautiful scrub. And with this, at the same time, you know, it's, it's a scrub that doesn't contain microbeads or plastics. It's something completely natural. So I thought there was, um, I really took a gamble and I just thought there was no real danger because it is a dry product. Hang on. What's not dangerous about dry beauty care products? The the only real danger when you start to get certifications and things like that with skincare is when you start playing around with liquids and water because that can carry bacteria. But with a dry product, it's got great shelf stability. So I was just putting all these little, you know, uh, grounded pips and with a little bit of olive leaf. And I was sending this off and I was asking everyone to test it. And we did a huge testing round that lasted over six months before we came up with anything. And what were people saying about those early samples, Z? Was it good feedback? 
you know, we had great feedback from uh, some of the existing olive oil skincare companies. And that was just amazing being able to tap into that knowledge into what works, what doesn't. But I had no background in it. So literally it was through heavy, heavy research of what was stable, you know, what the different ingredients um contain in terms of antioxidant levels and just putting all that knowledge together and coming up with something that I, I wanted to test. And see, where are you making these? Where did you very first start? So we were just making this in, you know, we obviously sanitized the whole area and I come from a food background. So, you know, I've got my my handling and, and those sort of safe food handling certificates and whatnot. Um, but we were just making these in our in our kitchen, you know, with gloves and everything. It just was super scientific. It, it actually was a really cool setup. And at the start, we were only making um, very small batches. Then we started, you know, maybe going into more commercial spaces, so hiring out like proper kitchens that were sanitized and just making these. But it's still nowadays a very small um, business. So we still make everything small batch to ensure that the freshness is there. But right now, because it still is infancy, we still like to get our hands dirty and, and make the products ourselves. And is this you and your co-founder? Are you still very much, as you were saying, making these batches yourselves? Oh, absolutely. We had to sponsor an event recently and we, um, I think we had to do 300 masks and we stayed up all night just, you know, making sure that everything was mixed properly and making sure that everything was bagged and packaged. We still label these things ourselves. And um, one of like the, oh God, when we were making the packaging, I thought, oh, it's going to look really cute if it has three stickers. And now, you know, years later down the road, we're making these things. It's like three stickers add on so much packaging time. So it's, it's um, yeah, we're very much still just the both of us. Now, you spoke about earlier kind of one of the key ingredients for your product being this ground-up olive pip and the fact that it didn't contain microbeads. Do you want to explain a bit more about that? Because your product is quite unique and it might also give us a clue as to why you called it Ocean Deep. I mean, what does an ocean have to do with olive oil? So Ocean Deep, I think if you break that um, name into into both of the words, so the the deep was definitely symbolizing the the cleansing um, that our products did. So, you know, deep cleansing because it was an exfoliator the ocean side because we were creating products that were safe alternatives. So we are bombarded by false sort of advertising, false labeling. You know, when, when people just write, oh, microbeads are so good for you, they do this and that. And what we don't realize when we use those products is the, the consequences or sort of the after effects of those microbeads. Susie, for someone who isn't from the beauty care industry, can you explain to me what's so wrong with the current microbeads that are out there? They're made out of silica. They're made out of plastic. They get washed down the pipes, go through the, the, the whole drainage system. They go into our oceans, our waterways. And then obviously we've got the marine life that's now in the water in the first place, consuming all of these microbes and all of these chemicals that we're flushing down our waterways and then it's a cycle because if you consume that marine life it's just detrimental to our health 
And so Z, how did you make the link between this big environmental issue around microbeads and your own olive-based skincare beauty products? So we started reading so much about, you know, microbead pollution and plastic pollution. And I started to get involved as well with the Tangaroa Foundation. Um, And they were doing so much in terms of not only cleaning up the beach, but also implementing solutions to make sure that the plastic did not reach the waterways in the first place. And through that, I was just learning so much about how our product was much more than just a beauty product. It was actually a sustainable alternative to live a better life. You know, if you're using products that don't harm the environment, start thinking about more about your footprint. So I think ocean deep, you know, those, those two words, they, they do mean uh, a lot more than just a brand name. It's time for a quick break now, but do stick around and hear how Z and her partner Andrea changed their focus from an olive oil business to a social enterprise that's good not only for your skin, but also the environment. Hi everyone, just a quick thanks to today's sponsor who helped make this podcast possible. It's the Monash Food Innovation Centre. They upskill business owners and employees in the art and science of food innovation. And this month, they'd like to invite you to their upcoming industry event. It's a symposium called Turning Food Waste into Revenue. Now, this event will feature an international panel of key thought leaders who will bring you the latest in science and research and technology to help your business turn food waste into revenue. It's on Thursday, the 19th of July, 2018, from 8 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And it'll be held at the Monash Food Incubator Centre. That's at Monash University, Clayton, Victoria. It's time to rethink your future and find out how to reduce, reuse and recycle in a way that's good for your business and good for the planet. You can get your tickets to the Turning Food Waste into Revenue Symposium via Tri Bookings or at www.foodinnovationcentre.com.au by clicking the Events tab. Now I'm definitely going, so I hope to see you there. Welcome back. I'm talking with Z Sierre of Ocean Deep, and she's tapped into the opportunity to use the waste from the production of olive oil to make an eco-friendly range of skincare products. And I asked Z, where did she get her waste products from, and how did she use them to make the Ocean Deep range? So at the start, when I had this awesome idea, I was contacting these olive oil suppliers around Australia, and no one had upcycled anything so no one had the technology or the machinery to grind um, all of these beautiful pits so it really started less of an upcycling company and more of a what can we do to you know make safe skin care that didn't contain plastic so we did initially get some of the products from overseas suppliers because we couldn't find anyone in Australia that was doing this Fast forward now, you know, a year after we've launched, sustainability has really taken off, and especially in Melbourne and in Australia. And we've got 
some of the largest olive oil producers who are now contacting us and letting us know that they're finally investing in the research and the technology to be able to upcycle their waste. So that's really, really exciting for us. So, Z, you've really been waiting for these olive oil manufacturers, the local ones, to catch up and do something with their waste. Now that they have, how does that really benefit your business? We're so happy because they've got the machinery to actually micro grind the olive pits into smaller particles. So we know that in the future we'll be able to release scrubs that are better for like, you know, sensitive skin. So it's so exciting to to finally be able to work with local suppliers and it's so exciting to see them turn the head on that waste and knowing that there is demand for that waste and, and be able to create something of it. Mm, fantastic. And apart from the pips, is there another part of the olive oil that you use or is that the main ingredient? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of our best sellers is the beauty serum and the beauty serum is a hundred percent squalane. So basically what squalane is, it's an oil that exists throughout the whole olive tree. It's an oil that absorbs really well into our skin because it's already present there. It's basically unlike the traditional squalane that was sourced originally from shark liver. So people had to kill all of these sharks and source squalane from the the livers. So then for us, it was like, okay, this is another marine thing that we can, you know, save and increase awareness of and just let people know that you can actually source squalene from olive trees. And it works exactly the same way. Yeah, that's definitely one of our best sellers because it is a, a beautiful moisturizer. You can use it on your lips, on your hair. You can use it to remove makeup. It's just all around just so great. Wow, I really need to rethink my skincare options, but let's park that for now. And instead, Z, let's talk about your packaging because you are quite concerned with putting out more plastics in the environment. So how did you know what packaging to choose for your products? For our packaging, we use sort of craft Jiffy bags and we try to just really minimize the plastic that is used and also the packaging that is used. So instead of a cardboard box, let's do a tote bag. You know, a tote bag is reusable and we can use recycled canvas material. We can get them printed with a really cute well. And it was a really cute design that my partner made. So it was so great to see those little tote bags being reused by, you know, some of our consumers that were um, sharing photos with us on Instagram. That just makes everything worthwhile. And very consistent, as you said, with your brand and kind of what you want to stand for. Let's let's talk a bit about social enterprise and what that means. How does being a social enterprise different from being just, just a regular business? I guess the easiest way to describe a social enterprise is that it, we're still here for business, but there is that underlying goal that you are actually doing business to help others and spread positive impact. So it's not for profit. That's a different model. But yes, underlying social good that you are doing. Do you have a preferred charity or cause or how do you sort of funnel that? We've worked with a few in the past. The first one that we worked with and that we still support nowadays is Tangaroa. Like I said, because they weren't just an initiative that was up for, you know, cleaning the, the plastic, but also working very closely with uh, all the councils and City of Melbourne to implement so many um, projects and, and also preventative 
ways to, to reduce plastic. Yeah, it's just amazing. Once I started tapping into these organizations, people would start introducing me to other people. And I started getting involved with, hey, not only, you know, marine sort of conservation, but also going back really into the food industry and, and just going, well, there's so much waste here. What can we do? And and obviously, I had that network for my current job because I work with so many food establishments to really increase that awareness on a bigger level. Okay, so we're back to food again. And so you did mention your current job. And it reminds me of the fact that this is a side hustle for you. So how do you manage to juggle both priorities? So I work for a wonderful company called Samaj Fine Foods. So from the get-go, these guys knew that I was doing Ocean Deep. And they even offered at one stage, they were like, hey, you know, if you get big enough and you want to look at production, we've got certified organic blending rooms. We can, you know, make your product for you and things like that. And that was like, wow, I'm going to be working for a company that, you know, I want to absolutely work for and grow their brand, but who's also supporting me in my side hustle. And I think that's just so important because it creates so many beautiful synergies. And I can't tell you the amount of events that I've actually been at where both of my companies are sponsoring or somehow involved and I'm there to represent both of them. And that's, that's so wonderful. Now let's talk about the growth of um, Ocean Deep and maybe the first time you went out there to, to sell this product. So I'm taking you right back where you've made your batches and your samples. How how did you go about selling it? Where did you start? It was a uh, a little market that they had at Federation Square. It, this was the first time I was, you know, setting up sort of a trestle table. We had no idea what the booth was going to look like. I remember that first customer, um, you know, those first 30 minutes are so disheartening when no one walks by. And everyone comes through and they're like, oh, really cute packaging. Are these essential oils? What are they? And then, yeah, that first customer, she bought uh, six products, I remember, and they're all for her family and her friends. And it was just, it was just such an amazing feeling. She came back for the product because we had um, samples out there. And this is why I think the beauty serum sells the most because it's the only product that we can really test easily at, at market. So obviously with the exfoliant, you've got to have a water base and you, you, know, you, you have to show people how the scrub actually works. So the serum is the only one where we can open up and you know drop a few of the squalane into people's hands and they'll try it. And what we've seen is that people just walk around and then they come back and they're like, I love the product. I want to buy something. So, so that was the point where you thought we're onto something. We've got something good here. I think it was only when we had uh, some of those customers that found us at Federation Square reordering on our website about three months later when we thought, oh, wow, now we, we've really you know, hit the nail on the head. Like We have something that actually works and people want more of it. And is your main sales channel your website still or now do you distribute somewhere else? Mostly our website. We have collaborated with also online people who have huge directories of like natural skincare or just like social enterprises. So, you know, some of these being like Goodsmiths or the Clean Collective or Make Me Mindful. Obviously, we'll, we'll do agreements like we'll drop ship or they'll hold some of our stock. We also partner with South Melbourne Markets as well. We've kept everything quite local. Um, another way that we've really 
um, been able to make sales is through the monthly box subscription. So we partner up with some people who do monthly boxes and they include our products. So that's a one-off, you know, 300 products out in the market. Um, but yeah, mostly now online. Um, that's just something that is super smooth and you can order whenever you want and we just ship the next day and it's really, really simple. And you mentioned before Instagram, how important and how much are you using social media to grow your business? Instagram is just amazing. And I need to take some lessons because I think if you compare Ocean Deep's Instagram to some of the other beauty brands, ours is very um, almost gritty, like like so beautiful. It's so down to earth. I really don't like to post anything unless it's relevant. And that sometimes makes it hard to create a really good flow <laughs> of photos. So, But I think there is some sort of truth and honesty to that. And I think that's how we've been able to maintain that sort of loyal following that keeps following us because they know that we're a company that's not just uh, you know, greenwashing everyone and we're there because we care and all the content that we share is actually worth their time, I guess. We got to this point at Ocean Deep where we didn't have to ask people to send us stuff. People were just sending us selfies of themselves, you know, doing a mask or getting their makeup removed with the scrolling. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, sounds like a huge opportunity, as you say. And now another thing you mentioned, which I'd love to ask about is you've got your four core products. What are you thinking for the future? Are you sort of already thinking we need to bring in new products or how are you going to go about that? To be quite honest, when I launched Ocean Deep, I only launched it as the exfoliant and the beauty serum. And the reason we made the masks was because we had pressure from some of our retailers saying to us that they wouldn't be stuck in our product unless we had a bigger range, which to me defeats the purpose. It's like, we don't want to put products out there unless they're good. For me, it has to be something worthwhile, something that really had a good impact on our environment, that was travel friendly, um, that ticks all of those boxes. And because there's so many prerequisites, it's not something that, you know, we can come up overnight. At the same time, though, because we've had these big olive companies, it's so great to tap into their knowledge because they're actually creating more and more products from the upcycle, from from the byproducts of olive oil production. And that's what got us really excited. We're like, oh, wow, okay. Now that we are working with someone who knows the science behind it and we can start coming up with new products. So definitely keep an eye out. Where could people find out a little bit more about these products and actually buy them as well? The website has little tabs if you scroll through and they tell you more about the products, the ingredients why you should choose Ocean Deep, what sort of initiatives we're involved with. Um, so that's just at oceandeep.co. And I am going to include those website links and your Instagram feed as well. So if people want to dive into those, they can find them in the show notes of the podcast. If there is someone out there who thinks, hey, I want to do this, I want to do a food startup or I want to you know, upcycle and use waste as well to create new products like you have, what advice would you give them? I would say just 
do it. And obviously, I think through my story, you can see how Ocean Deep came from a failed business. So don't get discouraged and derailed from something that may not work out because just by getting into something, into that new project, just by experimenting, you'll open so many doors that even if one shuts, you'll still be able to explore, you know, another open door somewhere else. Thank you so much, Z. That was really inspiring. And um, I know we went a bit off food, but I think it was completely relevant to this podcast. So I'm really glad we had you on board. Thank you, Susie. I really, really appreciate the, the opportunity to talk more about this. And I wish you all the success in the future. We will be watching Ocean Deep very carefully to see where you land with that as well. <laughs> oh, the pressure. <laughs> Thank you so much, Susie. <laughs> Aftertaste, the sweet taste of success. Thanks for sticking around. This part of the podcast is when I think back on my chat with Z and share what I think are one of the secrets of Ocean Deep's success. Not only is this an inspiring startup story about upcycling food waste products, it's also a great example of how to pivot to find a more sustainable business. Now, given their backgrounds and food industry experience, Z and Andrea were initially very attracted to the idea of starting a food business selling extra virgin olive oils. However, once their spare bedroom was filled with expired olive oil products, they were quick to realize the limitations of that business. So instead of sinking more time and money into this venture, they recognized that an even bigger opportunity was right in front of them. And that was to upcycle olive oil waste products, such as the olive leaf or the olive stones and pips, and use them to create beautiful skincare products that would support marine conservation and a social enterprise. Now, this is a great example of pivoting. Pivoting was first introduced by entrepreneur and startup author Eric Rees, and it's defined as a shift in strategy when you move from your initial focus to something new. Pivoting is the art of recognizing that the pursuit of a specific idea, product or business in which you've invested time and money and energy is no longer the right path to follow. Now, pivoting does exist on a sliding scale and it can take many different forms. Uh, for example, on the extreme end, a business may pivot to change its entire focus and become a completely new business. This was the case for Ocean Deep, where an eco-friendly skincare business was born out of a food startup that sold extra virgin olive oil. On the lighter end of pivoting, a business might simply change its offer to appeal to a different consumer or introduce a new product focus. An example of this is when Z added beauty serums to the Ocean Deep product range. These provided an alternative source of squalene that didn't require the hunting of marine life. This new product was entirely consistent with Ocean Deep's strategy of marine conservation. However, they achieved the same goal in a very different way. The first exfoliant products did this by providing an eco-friendly alternative to plastic microbeads. So what does this mean for you and your business? Well, pivoting is helpful because it can open up new and emerging opportunities or help you keep pace and stay relevant with industry trends. 
By pivoting, you can expand your sales revenue or reignite a stagnant or declining business. The key thing to remember when pivoting is to do a little and learn a lot. And by this, I mean it's important to find a fast and affordable way to test your pivot before betting the family house on it. For example, following their first stall at Federation Square, Z from Ocean Deep knew that the business had promise when those very first customers returned three months later to repurchase online. And once you find a promising pivot, you need to be agile and flexible enough to bring your business and stakeholders on the new journey with you. Pivoting into a new market, service, or product is a great way to build on the initial foundation of your business. And expand into new areas of revenue and growth. For more information about pivoting, just check out the show notes for episode six. Well, that's it for today. A huge thank you to my guest Zsier from Ocean Deep, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Join me again next time to eat, drink, and innovate. Do you have any suggestions about successful food or beverage entrepreneurs and innovators in Australia that you think Susie should be talking to? You can get in touch with her at eatdrinkinnovate.com.au/podcast and find all the show note links and innovation resources there too. And if you like this podcast, please help others discover it by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 